I've got a message for you today called ASAP. I thought about it this morning while I was running, and uh, hopefully you will never ever uh, see those four letters and not think of this sermon ever again. All right, are you ready? ASAP typically under normal circumstances means under normal circumstances, but every once in a while, there are some circumstances in life that we experience where ASAP needs to be meaning something else, and it means as soon as possible, pray. Thank you, Brother Dwayne. I appreciate it. He said that was good. The rest of you are like, huh. As soon as possible, pray. When a circumstance comes up, as soon as possible, pray. Now, the good thing about God is that God knows your thoughts before you ever say a word. And so as soon as possible typically means right now. You can pray in your head. You can pray out loud. You can pray in your heart. But pray as soon as possible. I'm going to share. You'll never guess how many points I'm going to share with you tonight. You're looking at my notes in your phone. All right. Uh, let's, let's open up the Word of God. Matthew chapter 16. And uh, I'm going to start reading uh, in verse 13. And uh, let's see here. And Jesus is with his disciples. Uh, when he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So in other words, he's walking with his disciples there's a lot of people who love him. There's a lot of people who are serving him as their Lord and Savior. But there's also a lot of people that won't acknowledge him as the Savior of the world. And so there's a lot of tension. And so he asks his disciples, hey, what does everybody say about me? When people talk about me when I'm not around, when they're talking about me behind my back, what... What do they call me? They call me a big jerk. Do they call me an idiot? Uh, and, and so, verse 14, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. You came back from the dead, because John the Baptist had died previous to this chapter. You came back from the dead, and people call you John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, which had died thousands of years earlier. Some people say you're Elijah. Naomi, congratulations, you're pregnant. Congratulations. They already have a boy. Now she's pregnant. They just found out it's a boy. So guess what? They're not done. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Or you could just stay in sanity world and be done. Man-to-man -man defense is always the best option. When they start, when you have to start playing zone, that's a problem. When you're outnumbered, it's not good. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience. I look at the third one all the time and go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some say you're Jeremiah, which he was already dead. Some say you're the prophet. So they're saying a lot of people think that you're one of the previous preachers, prophets that died and came back. Verse 15. Then he asked them, but who do you 
say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Watch this, this is very key. You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. This is powerful. You see, there's a lot of people on this earth today. There, unfortunately, there may be some people in this room today. That God is something afar off. It's not of paramount importance. Let me just tell you, if you simply believe in God, everybody look at me, don't look at your app, just for a second. If you simply believe in God, but you do not follow God, do not expect to go to heaven. Don't expect it. Satan believes in God. He got kicked out of heaven. It is of paramount importance to not only recognize him as God, to know that we are not from some membranes and electrons and mutons and that got hit by lightning, that we are from a creator. We are from a father in heaven that created us and we have got to serve him and acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior and reflect our faith with our actions. Have you ever seen somebody before say, yeah, I go to the gym all the time. I work out seven days a week. And you're looking at them and you're like, no, you do not. You do not work out seven days a week. You do not bench press 450 pounds. You are a liar. How can you tell? It doesn't matter what they're saying. It matters what they look like, how they act, how they live. You can tell. They can say whatever they want. That's why the Bible says that your lips are very close to me, but your heart is afar off. We have got to pursue him. A man of God is not a perfect man. A man of God is a repentant man. A man of God is somebody that says, I'm sorry, God. A man of God is somebody that says, honey, I'm sorry. A man of God is someone that looks at his kids and says, daddy shouldn't have said that. That's a man of God. A woman of God knows when to say, I'm sorry. A woman of God knows when to be strong and then when to be meek. That's a woman of God. These are not indications or signs or earmarks of perfection. These are signs and indications and earmarks of humility. This is what a person, a child of God looks like. And he looks back and he says, Peter, you've been praying. You have been praying because you could not have known who I am if you were not praying. There are three things that we experience when we pray. And point number one is this, revelation. Revelation. 
There are things that you learn in the presence of God that you can not learn in the presence of man. You cannot learn them. Peter learned who Jesus was in the presence of God. Jesus looked at Peter and said, clearly, when we're not all hanging out with each other, you have been on your knees praying. Let me just tell you, I heard T.D. Jakes, he's my favorite preacher of all time. Uh, some of you don't know who he is, and that's okay. I don't want you to know who he is. He's too good. I don't want you comparing me to the best. But anyway, he said one time, he said, he goes, some people want to preach like me, but they play too much golf. See, he says, while you're playing golf, I'm reading the Bible. While you're playing golf, I'm praying. See, Peter recognized that there is a price attached to intimacy. There's a price attached. There, there is a sacrifice required for those who want more than just salvation. There's a price tag to that. You may have already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You have an address reserved for you in heaven. You pursue him. But if you want more than that, there's a price tag. And Peter experienced a revelation. I want you to, 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 let me see if I can visually express to you what happened. Peter was praying. And then all of a sudden, he had a revelation. When you pray, when I pray, things that we had no idea about get downloaded into your mind. Let me share with you a few scriptures in Galatians chapter 1. Verse 11, it reads like this. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message that I preach, this is Paul speaking, is not based on human reason, mere human reasoning. I received my message not from no human source. I didn't go to Bible college and learn this. I, my mommy didn't teach me this. The preacher down the road did not teach me this. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Do you know what's so powerful about that? Is the Apostle Paul wrote that. When Jesus Christ was walking the earth, the Apostle Paul did not believe in him as the Son of God. When Jesus Christ got crucified and hung on the cross, the Apostle Paul still did not believe that he was the Son of God. So in order for Jesus Christ to teach him himself, he stepped out of heaven and came walking down and sat down with Paul and taught him himself. Shut up. <laughs> That is amazing. 
You see, praying brings revelation. Everybody say revelation. Here in John chapter 14, verse 26, but the advocate, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. This is Jesus talking. Watch this. What will he do? He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Have you ever read the Bible before? And then after you read for about five minutes, you think to yourself, I don't remember anything I just read. Anyone? Have you ever, I'm just going to keep on reading. And then you go, I, I don't, why should I keep on reading? Have you ever thought this? If every time I read, I can't remember what I read. See, God knew you and I were going to think that. And that's why that scripture is right there in the Bible. John 14, 26. I will teach you all things and bring all things back to your remembrance. Right at the right time, at the right moment, boom, it comes back to you. This is what praying does. When you're down and you're discouraged and, and you're overwhelmed and you're stressed, you start praying and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings back a thought. We've got to pray, got to pray, got to pray, got to pray. Everybody say, I got to pray. ASAP, pray as soon as possible. Here we go. Number two, praying leads to blessings. So Peter said, I know who you are. You are the Son of God. That was a revelation. And then Jesus says back to Peter, he says, you, 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 you're good, you. You're good. He said, you know what I'm going to do? Your name means rock. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you the rock that the whole church is built on. And to this day, over 2,000 years later, we are reading Peter's words in Scripture. It says, you are a rock. He received a promotion right then. I don't know if this is going to connect with everybody, but I feel like I need to say it anyway. One of the biggest fears that I have in my life, I don't know if it's a bad fear or a good fear. You know, there are some fears that are good. Like if you want to go walk on the Empire States building, the fear that you have that you may fall down is a good fear. <laughs> are you with me? There are some fears that are good. If you want to walk a tightrope, or what do you call that? When people walk with the, on the rope like this, what's that called? Tightrope. There you go. <laughs> if you want to go swimming in the ocean with sharks and you're afraid, that's a good fear. There are some fears that are good. Those who fear the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. There's some fears that are good. I'm not sure if this is a good fear or a bad fear. Now, nobody come up to me afterwards and reveal what it is. I'm just being transparent. <laughs> Have you ever had someone preach to you and you didn't ask them? <laughs> Usually happens around Thanksgiving. Anyway. 
So one of the fears that I have is that I'm going to finish my life and I'm going to look back and I'm going to wish that I had done more. Does anyone share that fear with me? All of a sudden, God looks at Peter and he takes his whole assignment that he has on his life and makes it bigger in one moment. You see, I don't know how big my assignment is. Um, I don't know if it's this big. I don't know if it's that big. I don't know if it's like that big, if it's a list form. I, I don't know. Let's just assume it's bullet point form. Okay, he's got that done. He's got that done. He's got that done. I don't know. But if it's this long, I would love for the Lord to come down and say, you only got one life. You only got 92 years or whatever. You only got 99. I don't really want to live to 99. I see people who are 99. And I'm like, I don't want to be 99. That's, an, that's an, a sidebar, sorry. But if, if he... <laughs> Sam, you're going to speak more, okay? Um, but he's going he's to look at my list. I would love for the Lord to say, Frankie, these, these 12 things I had outlined for you, but I'll, I, I'm, I'm going to make your assignment bigger. I'm going to make... Your, your assignment, your influence, bigger. When, doesn't that sound good? Amen. Like you were going to do this, but now you're going to do this. He looks at Peter and he goes, you've been praying. And God gave you a revelation. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to build the whole church on you. When we pray, our assignment grows. Gosh, that's so good. I feel the Holy Spirit on my arms right now. In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, and, uh, I'm sorry, in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 1, 4, and 5, it reads like this. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah. Everybody say Uzziah. There you go. Say it like an Italian. Uzziah. Uzziah. All the people took Uzziah, who was 16 years old. He just now got his driver's license. And made him king in place of his father, Amaza. I don't know, it sounds like Amaza Pika, so I figured I'd make it sound like that. But he did, watch this, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father, Amaziah, had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of God. Watch this. Here it comes. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Sometimes we need to be honest with ourselves and say, maybe I am no longer experiencing success because I have stopped seeking the Lord. What I've noticed in in many lives is that when trouble comes, people run to God. And then after their life begins to experience peace again, it's like, ah, and then they go right back to their old ways. And then all of a sudden, trouble comes, they run to God. 
And then as soon as a degree of peace comes, they go back to their own ways. Have you ever met somebody that runs to God and then they go back to their own? Then they run to God and then go back to their own way. Could you imagine if they ran to God and they just kept on running? What would happen? What would happen? And the Bible says this, as long as you keep on pursuing me, as long as you keep on praying, I'm going to make sure you succeed. Some of us in this room have hit those seasons in life, and I've hit those seasons so many times where I say, I should be further along than what I am right now. As, have any of you ever thought that before? I should be further along. Let me just tell you, in the, in the stretches where things begin to accelerate... Don't make the mistake of not thinking that God is not in that season of acceleration. What I've learned in my life is I experience the blessings today that I prayed for yesterday. And so I begin to ask myself, what should I anticipate tomorrow by looking at what I did today? What kind of service should I anticipate on Sunday? By looking at what I just did today. Do I expect to have a message that is on fire on Sunday? If all I did today was goof around. Let me tell you. Blessings are always birthed in the supernatural before you experience them in the natural. You build the wave today and ride it tomorrow. Are you with me? Yeah, that's not in your app, but put that in there. <laughs> Here we go. Let me share one more thing. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron. Go tell Aaron what I'm about to say. This is the way you should bless the children of Israel. This is a very important scripture, by the way. Very important. Don't daydream right now. Say to them, the Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Does this sound familiar to anybody? And be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Verse 27. This is the part that you don't ever hear me say. But this is what's going on in the back of my mind. Verse 27. So they shall, be, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Do you know what that means? Every single time you say that prayer, I'm going to follow that prayer by blessing them. So when I say it over you guys, God follows me and blesses you. And so when I pray for my kids at night, usually... I'm tired after a long day. I'm ready to go to bed myself. I got to put three kids to sleep at night. It's Allie's job to get them up, my job to put them down. When I put them down, I, I want my prayer. My pr if usually that is the only prayer I pray. But I know good and well it covers everything. The Lord's countenance is lifted up on you. And Luke is to the point, he likes to show off. He likes to say it with me. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. You know what the face, face shine down? It actually, in another version, may his countenance be lifted up on you. That means may he smile on you. 
May the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. Every time you pray that prayer, according to the Bible, I will bless them. Gosh, when you pray, you experience blessings. Is anyone glad they came to church on a Wednesday night? Wednesday nights rock. Then so does that hat, Isaiah. (laughs) Praying leads to revelation. It leads to blessings. And then here's number three. It leads to power. Why do we need power? Because Jesus told Peter, he says, the Lord has revealed this to you. In other words, you just received a revelation. So, now here comes the blessing. I'm going to build my church on you because your name means rock. I'm going to build it on you. You're a rock. And then number three, he says, and when you pray, and when you do things here on earth, here comes the power, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. In other words, whatever you do here, heaven has your back. Heaven is behind you. When a, when a cop pulls you over, it's not him that has the power. It's that badge that has the power. If he gets out of his car and he has no badge and he has nothing on his marked car, you, get, you drive off. Why? Because he's got no power. It's the badge that says the entire state of Texas is behind him. Whoa. Are you going to give me a ticket? Because if you write a ticket, if you say I'm getting a ticket, I'm getting a ticket. Why? Because of his authority? No, because the authority that he represents. He says, if you say it here on earth, heaven will back you. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. If you allow it to happen on earth, then heaven is going to allow it. If you don't allow it, Angels are there to go, boom. You walk into your house and say, I think there's some spirits here that are not from heaven. You open up the door and say, in the name of Jesus, get out. And all of heaven, swords are being drawn. Power that comes with prayer. Now, this is a different sermon for a different day. And I don't have time to give you this sermon. But I'm just going to add it because it has to do with prayer. There's a prayer called the Lord's Prayer in the Bible. And this particular prayer, do you have that? Let me throw it on the screen if you have it. It reads like this. Let's all read it together real slow. There's some really fast readers in here. Slow down. All right, here we go. This is Jesus talking. Pray then like this. Our Father, in the name of heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. I guess they don't have that part. But thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory thereof. Now, Why am I bringing this up? And you can bring someone up to play the keys because I'm wrapping up right now. This prayer, about two months ago, 
I decided to start praying several times a day. Is that you, Renee? Hey! Welcome back home. Um, if you didn't know I had ADD, now you know. <laughs> Don't pray for me. I love it. I decided to start praying several times a day. Because this is how Jesus wants us to pray. And the more you pray it, sometimes I pray it before I even get out of bed, before I even open my eyes in the morning, I pray it in my head. Several times a day. My goal is to pray it 20 times a day. Just keep praying it. When I was running this morning, I prayed in my head. And here's your homework assignment. To break that prayer up into little pieces to figure out what each point means. And when you pray it, usually speaking, when I pray it the first time, I'm usually just reciting it. And then I'll pray it the second time a little bit slower and I'll begin to break it apart. So it sounds like this the second time. Our Father. Lord, I'm not talking to you just as a God. You are my Father. You created me. Who art in heaven. Lord, you see a perspective that I don't see. You're, you're in heaven. You, you see it all. Hallowed be thy name. I praise your name because it's glorious and it's awesome and it's amazing. And I'm just going to skip down to my favorite part. My favorite part is, lead us not into temptation. And, and what that means, if you study it carefully, is don't let me get caught up into temptation. Don't let me. And, and the reason why I like that part is because I know me. If I see something to get tempted over, I, I'm not strong enough. Don't let me get tempted. And another thing. How does it go? Leave me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Because God, I know that that evil one is hunting me down. He's always around me. And I'm not strong enough to fight by myself. So help me. And you pray that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because prayer brings revelation. It brings blessing. It brings power.